we're like at the time we were also doing a lot of murder ballads that's sort of how we started out with like these sort of like yeah. dark murder ballady things and we we're like this that's is per- this sort of perfect mix of pseudonyms and dark names and it's gonna get people's attention we thought of changing it for years because we weren't getting invited to very many kids festivals or uh <laughs> old folks was that homes. the goal yeah, that's, that's always the fucking goal. It's a meal ticket. Kids festivals are where the money is, man. Like yeah, we needed yeah. to make a buck. Tokyo tonight. I fucked up. I fucked up so bad. Uh, fucked up the whole thing. What's going on, guys? How you doing, John? I'm doing good. John. Hanging in there. Yeah. I like that we all have kind of like the same interested look. We talk backstage, but like we're all glued in. You're leaning in. You're kind of just doing your own thing. It just looks like three dudes hanging out. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. John looks like he's about to lift some weights. You got your muscle shirt on. (laughs) It does look like we just interrupted a workout. (laughs) I was just shredding. Yeah. Sorry, dudes. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was just uh, you caught me shredding. I was yeah. just working. You know what's funny is uh, I'm at my buddy's place in um, in Brooklyn. Um, nice. And uh, and he takes me upstairs so that he can work down there. And just before we went live, the ceiling, right there, a good chunk of it just fell Holy fell through shit. right next to me. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, man, this is fucking New York's no joke. Yeah. As you we've never say. had an injury on the show before, so that'd be a that'd be a first. Uh, yeah, uh, where no, in Brooklyn are you? Yeah. Uh, where am I? Hey, what's this neighborhood? <laughs> what's it called? Kiwanis. Kiwanis. Oh, Kiwanis. All right, I know. Yeah. I'm from Borough oh. Park, so there you go. I'm born in Brooklyn, right? You know, lived there for a little bit. Oh, no way. Like two or two times. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Do you like it? I, I love it. I've been using the city bike here, biking home at like two or three in the morning. We've been yeah. shredding. Nice. Uh, with the sleeveless Canadian styles, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> and biking through not through the park at night, um, but uh, yeah, I yeah, get no, those you don't guns do that. No, yeah. no, no action in the park. Everybody just starts taking off clothing, yeah. <laughs> like rolling it's, up the sleeves. I saw the hookup place though on the first day I was here. We walked through the hookup part of the park. Yeah, yeah. Just in case I want to get a little bit of little hot action when I'm yeah. in Brooklyn. So, or if you're like the other people and you just kind of want to watch, you know, there's a lot of those around too. <laughs> It's a lonely last two years. Yeah, absolutely. People are taking whatever they can get, I think, yes. at this point, which is kind of nice for, you know, those of us that don't look that good in person. Yes. Uh. <laughs> well, I don't, I, yeah. Are they taking what, are they, I, I went to this bar the other night and they, and every single person in the bar right around the corner from here looked like they were on their very first Tinder date. It was uh, like, yeah. it was like, uh, vibeless central like the whole bar everyone was like oh really oh that's lovely like you're just watching it they look like they were on like having interviews with people yeah it's so i i can't stand first of all i think i like watching that kind of shit more than i like being involved in it because i got i had to go to a wedding and i hadn't been to a wedding in like a couple years and uh i hated I, i i forgot how much i hated small talk until i was like face to face at this fucking wedding and I just wanted to be like, you guys don't have to talk to me. 
<laughs> like, like I know we don't know each other, and I'm only here as somebody's date, but it's really, it's really it's, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no reason. Like, because you already have, like, especially at this point. Like, I don't know how old. How old are you guys? Uh, I'm Ooh. 46. 46. Okay. I, I always love. Yeah, I love. And I'm 37. Yeah. We're around the same. We're around the same age. You have your friends already. I already have my guy friends. Yeah. I'm like, not looking to make any more room. Yeah. You know? That's so. a. Is that a guy? Is that a caveman? Thing? I think so. Is it? Is it a generational thing? Because I'm not looking to make any new. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I live in a town where my best friends are, my family and my kids. Yeah. Sometimes they're like, Dad. You're like. Where, where are your buddies? And I'm like, I don't need any new buddies. Exactly, man. No, I feel the same exact way. Like, it's I didn't realize it at the time, but, like, as soon as I turned 30, like, I started whittling out. Not on purpose, either. It just kind of people were dropping off, and I wasn't letting anybody new in. I And I and they've tried. Believe it or not, like, I find it interesting that, like, <laughs> that's how you know there's something wrong with somebody when they really try to work into your life. Like, if it happens naturally, I'll let in, you know you just gel with some people it's nice to see them they kind of get it you know what i mean they're not trying yeah, yeah, but other yeah. people really try to like hey we should do something hey we should do something hey we should do something hey what are you doing next week and i'm like get off my fucking dick dude yeah. like, <laughs> so, like I have, this is not gonna work i don't even know you when i want to break up with you holy shit not even those yeah i mean i've man i got into fucking yoga what are you doing next weekend and, uh, <laughs> yeah, what, what's you know what? I was gonna see if you wanted to go for lunch, but fuck that no. asshole. You know what? <laughs> but but you know what? I will say maybe on the flip side, you guys get this. I do like being around more perform like people in the. This is gonna sound so pretentious and douchey, yeah, yeah. but I feel go like I feel like I, I don't mind being around other artists now, like exclude because there's very little people that are gonna understand what we do and what we go through anyway. So it's not like I can go to like, you know, my my friends who are working wherever the fuck they're working a regular job and going like hey i need some career advice what do you think and they're gonna be like fuck you dude yeah. like you know what i mean like <laughs> what do you guys think about this you can't like really complain about being on the road or shit you know well you're like trying to work out the metrics of like um a mini bar consumption from a from a nice hotel to your friends that don't have that mini bar consumption like calculator built into they're like you absolutely fucking you can't have that conversation yeah, no, not at all. There's so much. And it's funny, too. Do you get, like, your friends who are like, how come you don't tell us anything? And I'm like, because you don't want to hear it. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you about what's going on in my life. Oh, in my good. Career. Yeah. yeah are, you, are you like that with your with your mom, Matt? Like, does she or like, because you got to be careful with parents. Yeah, yeah. you got to screen, screen the information a little bit and filter it a little bit for sure. Even at age 42, you know, like, yeah. it's uh, it's just a fact of life. I'm sure my kids will do it to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll filter. There's, like, a side note, uh, my mom used to, like, pick us up from gigs um, when we were, like, fully grown-ass men <laughs> in Toronto, and she would fucking drive us from one gig to the next. Oh, shit. Um, you remember? You remember that one yeah. time we, we played at a place called the Dakotas in the basement, and then we went to this this conference called Folk Alliance, which is just fucking crazy. They should just call it Fuck Alliance. It's fucking, it was, it was bonkers, right? It abandoned every single hotel room for three stories stacked. And my mom would bring us, she brought us from one gig on a Friday night and then drove us across town. And then I think we had like two, how many gigs did we have in that, in that hotel? Like that Six? night. Oh, wow. And you're you walking just, around from room. Yeah. You're hauling all your gear from one hotel room to the other hotel room, and it's it's really a lot of fun. There's 
beer in the bathtubs and everyone's <laughs> moved all the beds to the side. It's it's a yeah, it's wild crazy. fun time. Yeah, that's super crazy. She still picked me up after that weekend, though. I remember calling her on Sunday and I was like, Mom, Mom, come take me from this hotel. It's <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And then she comes down. She's like, oh, sweetie, you smell like a bar. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so Mom. sweet. Did you guys have to like were your were your parents supportive of doing this kind of shit or did you have to convince them when you were doing gigs like that that it was all building towards something? Well, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know, my my dad was a rock drummer in the seventies, so nice. he kinda knew what it was about, but I think that made him uh wanna be extra sort of like uh, he just really cautioned me a whole lot, you know, mm -hmm. like he was like, really, this is cool that you're doing this, but um, careful, like it's yeah. it's not the best in many ways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I think they didn't really, uh, you know, once I, after high school, I, I studied music for seven mm -hmm. years, and I think wow. that was sort of enough for them. They're like, okay, he's done for. Like, right. it's, we can't fight this battle anymore and at that point they were they sort of flipped a switch to being really supportive of of music career stuff so yeah that's great yeah was your is your dad like one of those because he since he was in the business was he like forthcoming with advice or did he wait for you to come to him uh he's a pretty quiet guy so he kind of waited for me to come to him but then he'd you know in moments of pause at the dinner table he would just like he hadn't said anything you know, all dinner, and he'd just come out with this sort of, like, sagely cautionary tale, um, you know, like, but sometimes they're a little bit like, you know, like, you know, Matthew, to be a lead singer in a band, you need to be able to hit a high G, and if you can't hit a high G, you know, basically just, like, don't even try. <laughs> and then he just slowly slides you an application to Costco across yeah. the dinner table. Yeah. There you go, son. Yeah. Oh, it took me years to realize that, you know, Leonard Cohen can definitely not hit a high G. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, or Dylan. You know. Or Joe Cocker. I mean, Cocker. I think Dylan can, yeah. but not in tune. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I got, you know what? He never gave me any advice. That would have been like, that would have been great. That would have been like, uh, that, what was, what were those, uh, moments on SNL in the nineties? What were those called? Um, something with Stuart Smiley or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, oh God. Is it I'm Stuart gonna... Smiley or did Stuart I Stuart Smiley. Fight? Yeah. No, it's yeah. Stuart Smiley. Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. That would be like a good, like kind of, kind of meme and stuff. Yeah. Uh, were well, your my parents mom, supportive? My, my mom's name is, <laughs> My mom's name is Diane, so not to throw Diane's under the bus, but Diane's are always fucking worried. And my mom would be like, uh, I don't have any gigs this month or I don't have any gigs, you know, whatever, for this next, you know, chunk of time, you know, six months or whatever. And, and my mom would, she that would be terribly fearful for her, but then equally fearful would be a fully loaded national tour. So or a fully loaded tour in Europe or whatnot. And so like any, you know, once I got into the gigging and it wasn't, you know, hand to mouth anymore, mm -hmm. she was fearful. She's, oh, sweetie, you're gonna be, oh, you're gonna be so tired on that. I looked at your tour schedule and I'm like, well, but we're making money now, mom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and 
Um, but Diane's are like, you know, my mom's always been supportive. I think she's just always, Diane's are kind of cautionary. Yep. You know? Yeah, it's weird. I, I've had, like, similar experiences where, like, my mom's the same way. My mom's a Laura, while we're just throwing names out there. Oh, um, Laura. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And so she's the same way. She's an overthinker, and I inherit... When I was a kid, I inherited that, and I somehow beat it out of myself. Like, I, I really kind of try to keep it in check. Like, my brain can get a little away from me at times or whatever, and it'll wind up happening, but I can really kind of compartmentalize. If she gets a hold of information of a tour schedule or whatever I'm doing or maybe how much money I'm making or whatever, but then she, she'll kick it into high gear. And then if she gets talking to me, it's why I really don't say too much. Because if yeah. I do, everything that I've already thought of and put aside she'll just unpack for me and bring it to the forefront. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> like I was fine with this. And it'll be the day before I leave. Oh shit. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. like, wasn't thinking about any of that or, or heard you thought about that, handled it. And now I'm thinking about it again. Oh God. It's yeah. Little... It's, that's, it's funny. The whole like musician, it's funny. Like you were asking, like, what do you say to the non musicians and whatnot? Like yeah. my brother, same, you know, Maddie's lucky as a, he has a, like, um, uh, fantastic musical like brotherhoods. Is your sister a musician? Yeah, I don't even I don't even remember. Uh, no, she's artistic. She's done Irish dancing and stuff, but but oh, uh, nice. she never. I don't know. I think with three older brothers in music, I think she was like, I'll leave that to them and do my right. own thing. Yeah. yeah. She's Which, a Celtic dancer. That's a good. That is awesome. awesome. Right. That's yeah. Kick-ass. Yeah, it's kick ass. Which yeah. one of you got like out of your brothers? Like, did you all decide like? At a certain time in your life, did some of you start later? Or was it right from the beginning? Um, I think it was. Yeah, uh, it's, it's different for all of us. For me, it was pretty early. I just in high school, I was like, I don't want to do anything else. And then nice. at a certain point, it was like, I don't know how to do anything else, so I'm kind of <laughs> stuck. Um, whereas, uh, you know, my youngest brother is—he's um, kind of just one of those guys that's amazing at everything. Like he uh, is a great songwriter. He is a great actor. He's been in a ton of movies, and nice. um, recently he just like he became a carpenter and is just kicking butt at that Holy too. Shit. And it's yeah. just like, and he comes over to my house and fixes everything for me. And I, you know, just one of those guys that just knows how to do everything. And then my middle brother um, is more of like a synth nerd, oh, nice. uh, just a little bit more like private about it, but um, but you know loves it equally but doesn't really have any career like any real strong career but ambitions best, with it just sort of loves to likes to love it and keep it to himself a little bit best cool. band name though he had the best fucking band name he had Rich. a band for a while called uh basketball oh and i'm like that's pre-hipster <laughs> yeah pre-hipster that's, a, that's, that's like 12 years ago yeah that's fucking <laughs> well maybe it was it was at the, the peak of hipster but it was a fucking cool band name and they, like Lucas, yeah, he's the miss. He's a man of mystery. That's oh, cool awesome. Man, Luke. Speaking of band names, my producer will kill me if I don't ask you guys this, and I'm sure you've been asked this before. Which one of you is the harpoonist? Which one the axe murderer? Do you switch on and off? And what would you rather be killed by? Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Not uh-huh. a ceiling. i would love it if i just didn't let you break during the interview at all and the ceiling just kind of slowly i'm running out of time here man (laughs) we gotta get this done done. i i I go by the harpoonist because i blow the blues harp nice (laughs) amongst other things i blow (laughs) (laughs) it is pride 
So yes, we're right. welcoming that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm polishing. I'm polishing up for for a good June. Nice man. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. What was the uh, impetus to name the band that though? Was it like just between? Do you guys have a discussion about it? Uh, I'll, throw, I'll throw it. I always throw this to Maddie. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, this goes back years now. It's funny, like we tell, we've told the story so many times. I feel like each time it like involve, evolves like a little bit. So I don't know how much is fact and fiction at this point. But <laughs> here's a couple story. extra lies. Do it. Yes. Yeah. Do it on the spot. Make it up. <laughs> yeah. This is improv. Um, we were uh, we were just sitting around and trying to come up with a band name, and we mm -hmm. happened to have on uh, Chris Christopherson. He was nice. uh, singing "Me and Bobby McGee." Oh, nice. Um, and there's a line in it where he goes, I took my harpoon out of my dirty red bandana. Mm. And he's referring to his, his harpoon as his harmonica. Mm -hmm. Not and, his. Right, right, um, right, right. So, we, and we'd never heard of that before. And I was like, that's cool. Like, if we could incorporate that somehow. Yeah. Um, and turn that into, like, your pseudonym, Sean. And... Um, because I play the guitar, and the guitar axe is sort of like a slang for guitar. Yeah. We're like, at the time we were also doing a lot of murder ballads. That's sort of how we started out with like these sort of like yeah. dark murder ballady things. And we we're like, this That's is this sort of perfect mix of pseudonyms and dark names, and it's gonna get people's attention. We thought of changing it for years because we weren't getting invited to very many kids festivals or uh, <laughs> old folks. Was that homes. the goal? Yeah, that's, that's always the fucking goal. That's a meal ticket. Kids festivals are where the money is, man. Like yeah, we need yeah. to make a buck. That's true, um, man. We did play one kids festival, and we were like, "Are you serious?" Did, did like, we? Actually, did remember we? at um, Hollyburn Country Club, we played that kids festival. That oh my God. Um, oh, I don't know. If there are people oh, like yeah, in, yeah, yeah, there are people yeah, like yeah, in yeah. bouncy castles and playing tennis off in the distance, and yeah, that was that there, was really fucked up. That was like a really wealthy. You remember that? It was like private yeah. tennis club kids summer party with aged men uh, yeah. on stage in a bouncy <laughs> castle. And like that, I think that was one of our first festivals too. That was like the beginning of the end of your, of your live career. You're like, uh oh. It's like, like, I'm like, this is how we're going to fucking go out. I can see this. You just have PTSD for bouncy castles now. He's like, I can't <laughs> yeah. play. If he sees any kind of balloon, uh, <laughs> well, Matt, Matty out. doesn't like Matt doesn't like clowns at all. Yeah. So, oh man. I mean, it's Dude, yeah. No one's a, a fence sitter. I had a best friend who uh, he's still my one of my closest friends, but he's a he's fucked up over clowns, man. He cannot like handle any kind of clown in a thing, and uh, it's hilarious. It's not hilarious, but it's like I didn't realize like how bad it was. And uh, we, I was through a Halloween party every year, and I didn't tell him that somebody was coming as a clown. And holy fucking shit, oh, was man. that a surprise? That was a good. <laughs> I it's one of the few times I'd wish that because everybody always had their fucking camera out and like videotaping shit. Yeah. I really like this, <laughs> this dude. Came. One of my friends used to just be a he's, he's sick something. And he was always scary as shit. One time he wore a pig mask to one of my Halloween parties. Didn't tell anybody what he was coming as, but like doused it in like red, like what it looked like blood. And just had a bat that he dragged along the floor. And we were like, <laughs> either if that's not Joe, we're all dead. That's <laughs> like, that's... We were like, Who, who's, who's not here yet? And he, we were all kind of drunk as it was anyway. But yeah, it was crazy. It was awesome. That's some, that's some creepy ass shit. I had a, yeah, you know man. what? I just saw a mouse uh, 
Man, New York is like, Bradford, your place is no joke, man. I just saw a mouse <laughs> while you were talking, climbing down uh, a pipe right across the way. And I was like, he was on his way to work, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> or maybe he was coming to join you lifting weights. He just had two cheese rolls yeah, he was on like, his hey. bed, like two Ritz crackers. <laughs> What's up, bro? We heard you guys are fucking shredding in here. <laughs> oh, my God. No, that's that's fantastic. That's 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 fucking funny. How did you two wind up hooking up though? It was pre Tinder. I think it was like plenty of fish was the original <laughs> dot matrix hookup. Yeah, I was like I was looking for a good Christian. So. Yeah. <laughs> Those uh, are hard to find these days. There's a lot of fake ones out there. There's a lot of fake. <laughs> there's ones. a lot of like you know, thinking oh they're turning God. the other cheek. They're just trying to look away from a school shooting. You know what I mean? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I went Christ. there. I went there. That's right. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh. you got it. It's your country. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything. Terrifying. Just don't put in. it on me no oh yeah well yeah well, it's, it's a place in which you are living abiding how's that that's better yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah i'm okay. looking to go dude i would go to canada in a heartbeat if you guys would no one is taking americans believe me when i tell you that like all of us all of us looked during covid we were like is any country anybody new zealand and they were like we're good do you know do you know anyone that moved up seriously uh do i do you know? know a couple people that moved to canada yeah okay but they had already had like Cause I don't know what it takes, I guess, I guess at this point to do it, but they had already kind of had like, I don't know if it was dual citizenship or whatever it is where they, they own, they paid some kind of taxes or something like that there or whatever. Okay. Um, so they could do it kind of freely. And then they were like, yeah, no, we're getting out of here. <laughs> and I was like, take me with you. See you later. Yeah. They're um, gone. Wow. But other countries now I know it's kind of weird, man. I actually did look into it. Like they won't take you unless you're like younger and they feel like they could obviously get something out of you. <laughs> You know what I mean? If you're like young, looking to move to the country and you can actually put in your time there and make it worth, you know, contribute, that's fine. But once you hit a certain age, they're like, sorry, buddy. Are you a scientist? Do you have really? money? Yeah. Like, and they and do they also check like your sperm count? They're like, nah, you're shooting fucking <laughs> blanks. You're not contributing to our country. Yeah, they're like they like they they make you do it at the border. They're like just you know, <laughs> you just just shoot into a cup. It's crude, but <laughs> yeah, there's an armed guard on the other side. Just hold the basket. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's a whole bunch of scientists named Karen. <laughs> I love that. That's a good callback. We had it a, back. Yeah, yes. we had this yeah. great conversation backstage. We we're talking about how people got named, or what we thought of these names. And Heron was one of the ones that I feel like people got fucking stiffed on. Karen's brutal. I mean, I dated a Karen, and she was kind of fucking brutal. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, she was kind of, you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I can't. I don't want to say brutal, anything else. Brutal in what way, though? Brutal in like. Uh, like a nagging kind of way or just oh, like, a... like, I don't know. She had all sorts of rules and regulations. Matt, you probably went to music school with her. She, uh, she played like Fender Rhodes and drums. So I thought, so I think oh, yeah. that's probably why I, I started dating her and she was, she was pretty cool, pretty cool chick, but uh, she had rules like no sex at night and oh, only sex in nauseous. the morning. And she had a really big fucking cat. Um, yeah. That he used to claw at the bedroom door, and and the cat's name was Blob, and it was like a 25 pound cat, and and it would claw at the door when we were like when we were banging, and and I just and I had cat allergies, lifelong cat allergies, and I would just hear this like, <laughs> at oh the fucking door, 
And it was, and uh, that's not her fault. That's like she had a giant cat, so that's not her fault. But right, I but it's don't like know. God, like it's not enough pressure to try and pull out at the right time. You got to worry about the fucking cat coming. I you know, know. <laughs> you got to worry about the cat coming. Yeah, that's a door. Oh, <laughs> bad choice of words, but also that was terrible. True. Yeah, that was yeah. really bad. Yeah, that's the cat's up, just man. got like a little cup on the door, and it's just beaten off. Yeah, oh. yeah. You, by the way, by the way, Matt, you left and we turned to bestiality, so you got to catch I, up. Sorry, yeah, sorry. I, I came in on the on the weirdest sentence uh, yeah. about <laughs> cats coming in the corner. That yeah, is, uh, that's, I was dating this one girl and she had a Yorkie man, and it was the same kind of thing where no matter what, if you were fucking or not, like you had to look out for like if the dog wanted to come into the room, you would have to stop and let him in the room because otherwise he wouldn't stop like crying or doing whatever. It was the same kind of shit where I was like, this is not gonna, none of this is gonna work. Like, did it? Did have you ever had like a? Oh, this is a funny scenario. Have you ever had like a know. Yorkie or a lap dog sit on your chest in between you and and you know uh, your proposed lover? Because mm. that's that's an intimacy that's that like how do you how do you during? navigate that one? <laughs> during. Oh no, like, never during. And then and then the person's so close with their with their dog that you're kind of you're not quite sure what's going on and you're like it's not bestiality but you're like this is there's boundaries that I've, I've clearly not placed in my life yeah. to allow for something like this to happen it's never happened to me either I'm just no. curious <laughs> you just looked at me and you were like this guy's had a dog sit on his <laughs> it's like this guy, I was like I thought it was fucking He's safe fucking dude yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've never had that happen but I'm I allergic to dogs so it's like I have a cat and I'm allergic to dogs and that's why I like cat. I've never heard of a cat like freaking out and wanting to get into somebody's room when they're doing it. But like, that's why I kind of like cats is because they do kind of fuck off and they leave you alone and they're not needy. Like, they'll like come around once in a while, but otherwise, you know, they're pretty chill. Yeah, or they take a shit on your fucking pillow. So, yeah, or that. Well, that's the Amber Heard breed of cat. I believe you're speaking of. Is it? And uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, topical everybody. That's gonna get cut out. Uh. No, I'm just <laughs> Thank God, there's po- they're gonna be like he's choosing sides. <laughs> Um, he's he's choosing sides again. Hey, did Matt? Did you guys see any of this? Uh, it looked like Johnny Depp was on. Um, had time to go step out on stage at Royal Albert Hall. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Like, do you I, think that's throwing him a bone? He's just like fuck. I Jeff, have a he, filter on my computer that just like filters out anything Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. I just don't <laughs> want to hear about it. It's just that's smart. It, and anytime anyone talks about it, my ear, I haven't heard anything that you guys have said in the past two minutes. It makes oh sense. God. That's a yeah, really right. smart move. That is a it's, smart move. Right. It's crazy that it even, it even took up as much time as it, like it, I, I was 100% convinced it was just a distraction from like war, nuclear war and yeah. you know, yeah. the alien, whatever. Same thing. Like anytime they bring up alien shit, which obviously we've given up on as a country, like I love that they're like literally having Pentagon hearings now and there's literal officials and like Dr. Michiakaku's like, we don't know what the fuck this shit is. And everyone's like, could you give us a minute, please? We're trying to work on Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> like, nobody cares. There's, it's kind of, it's, yeah, it's bonkers. I think if there's anything I could say about the, the states while I'm down here is that you're like the, the, the public or government denial of like aliens and whatnot is like, that's a full-time job to keep that shit. Yeah, yeah. Under, and maybe you do need like Johnny Depp and all that other kind of right. distraction. It know? does feel a little weird where like, I do feel like, I mean, obviously there was always a distance between like super rich people and like the rest of us. 
I feel even more now because it does feel like they're a part of something that the rest of us are definitely not. Like, yes. like there yeah. is like you could just see it now because the more you you get like TikTok and Instagram and Instagram reels and and all the social media shit where no one has a moment of like privacy or or there's nothing candid anymore. You're like everybody's saying the same shit. How is that possible? <laughs> like like no yeah. you know yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Kimmel yeah. ABC yeah. NBC. The news anchors, the press, like, you know, and then like just rich people constantly retweeting the same stuff. And I'm like, God, I feel like I'm just fucked. It's okay. You're fucked. And then all that, like that, the Will Smith bitch slap, like. Yeah, man. That took over for a while, too. Maddie, did you have a filter with Will Smith? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Makes me just want to J.D. Salinger out and just go into the forest and just, you know, write books for the next 30 years and forget about everyone sometimes. Absolutely. And you know what's crazy? But, you can do that. Like, I, I've thought about, like, when I stop, like, following somebody on social media, I never see or hear that thing again. And I'm like, all the, all the shit that you hate, if you just fucking unclicked it, yeah, you'd be able to live your life. Like, we'd all be fine. But we don't. Yeah. We're, like, glued into, like, you know, toxic fucking behavior and shit. Well, yeah, we're <laughs> glued. Yeah, we are glued into it's part of it's We're glued into, like, hating things that we've that we follow we're just like how can we possibly make our lives a little bit more miserable yeah we're like Let there's me, a dude you know. there was a dude today that like literally like i opened my instagram and it was like 15 posts and he was going through old shit and i and i think i just replied and he was like kind of like attacking me for some weird shit and like really like obviously some kind of like trump support like whatever and i was just like are you how lonely are you <laughs> like what like yeah. Like this is just a lonely old man who's like reaching out, and I guess in in a, because I'm like I'm not I don't really respond, so I don't know what you're doing, but I'm not gonna fight with you. There's, but there's a lot of there's a lot of lonely old you know. Folks. There should be like automatic mental support for someone once you like post a certain amount of like hate. It just they show up at your door and like I think you need some help, buddy. <laughs> the three of us right now should create a Karen bot that reaches out to those people automatically. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. And it like maybe sends them like flowers or something like that. And just like in one of those drones, just drops it, it off. It doxes them, but in a positive way. Yeah. <laughs> we figured out where you live and where you work, but we're yeah. only going to send you roses. Only roses. We're gonna and we're gonna drop them from an alarming height in a glass and shatter them in your front door <laughs> daily. Oh my lord! Um, oh, what the violent. hell? What, what, where were you at? What was your your question? Was where did we meet? Was that yes? Was, and then we wound like up we, we, and then we covered uh, cat sex. Um, <laughs> glossed over the people's names thing, which I'm sure we'll get back to again. And then we're, we're making. And now we're in business making an app together, the three of us. And now we're making a Karen bot app. I think yeah. that's a great idea. Siri, make a Karen bot app for us. Um, <laughs> Matt, Maddie, and I met um, 20 years ago, 21 years ago. Nice. Um, over, I was living in East Vancouver at the time, and I lived. I just got out of recording school, which was a colossal waste of money. Oh. Um, Except for the fact that um, that I met Matt through a buddy, a mutual buddy of ours, oh. and I was there's a, a Jamaican-owned pizza restaurant on Commercial Drive, which is a it's the main drag in East Vancouver. 
Okay. And it was called Jamaican Pizza Jerk, JPJ. Nice. And so me and my buddy Ricardo Kayat, Matt's, Matt's you know, good lifelong buddy, Ricardo Kayat, um, we did a jingle. Oh, no, I went to the restaurant and I said, hey, do you guys have a song on the radio or a jingle? And the guy goes, no. Like he was just barely scraping by. Aki and Saltfish Pizza and all that kind of stuff and Jamaican Jerk Pizza. And, and so I offered to do a jingle for free, okay. <laughs> which ended up costing him a lot of fucking money because he had to pay <laughs> to get it on the radio. And... Mm-hmm. And I ended up unknowingly sampling 10 cc's um, uh, uh, dreadlock holiday and replacing the parts. I didn't realize that at the time. It was back, it was like Napster era of like downloading samples. Oh, and yeah, then yeah. Verbatimed that, that groove underneath. And then Maddie played, replaced, replaced the part. And you didn't know it was 10 cc, did you? No. 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 So, I- and then. And then Maddie played, uh, you know, reggae guitar, and then I sang a jingle with with my buddy, a Chilean guy and a, and a white dude, um, nice. and uh, that was it. That was the, the the beginning, the middle, and the end of my jingle career. And when I <laughs> brought it down on the fucking radio station, wow. which was like a great radio station at the time, I thought it was like fucking. I thought I was on top of the world. It played for two weeks, and then that was it. And then oh, Matt wow. and I started, you know, fucking around in projects like pretty much. A, probably around that same year yeah i think so yeah just jamming with a whole bunch of different bands and it took us i don't know probably a good five six seven years maybe before we sort of got this idea together of uh forming this group basically to be financially viable oh wow two people yeah <laughs> do you guys uh, did you guys find out your strengths and stuff like that right away like are you both um, kind of in the writing process together as far as like music, lyrics, that kind of thing? Uh, yes, were we uh, writing, the first stuff that we did was all like any other blues um, background group, you're doing covers, right? Okay. Because the, yeah. song, the songwriting is so, is so incredible that your songs, when you start writing them, you're always weighing them against the Albert Kings or the, you know, mm. Robert Johnson, Sonny Terry's, you know, and so we didn't, I don't think we, we didn't write our first record. We did a bunch of covers and then we slowly started, slowly started writing. Right, Matty? Like we did. Yeah. And it's, since then, it's just been a total like shit mix of how, <laughs> putting songs together. There's no rhyme or reason of how, yeah. how we do it. It's just like sometimes we make them up at rehearsal. Um, sometimes Great. Sean comes to the table with something. Sometimes my brother's written a bunch of stuff for us. And, uh, yeah, I mean, but I think in terms of strengths and weaknesses, I think we couldn't be two more different people. Um, obviously, Sean's the mouthpiece of the band. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, I'm just sort of the steady Eddie dude, and, and uh, that really comes through in our performances and in the instruments we play. It sort of suits our characters. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you guys work well together, and I've seen. I think I did, were you guys. Did you guys ever do the Long Beach um, Folk Rock Festival in California? No, no I wish yet. we had. That sounds fun. I will. I, I, I can hook you up. Um, but <laughs> I know I saw you guys somewhere. But I remember um, uh, you just looked great together. I don't. Oh, remember, we like we were we were the only two Mormons that were on tour with Tanarawin. Oh shit. <laughs> 
Um, we were wow. the, we, yeah, we might have, maybe that's where you saw yeah. us because we were the only two white two guys. Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> following, following probably one of the blackest African bands you could ever follow. <laughs> you, you maybe saw us at, uh, as those oh two dudes. Oh my God, that's fantastic. Yeah, no, what that's a fact. What about that's... your influences individually though? Like, where do you guys like, because you know, I mean, your, your family is pretty musical and stuff like that too, but like, was there... Was it like one particular band or somebody that you saw when you were younger where you were like, that's kind of what I want to be, that's what I want to do? Big Sugar. There's a guy. Yeah. One, one like really common, the thing that comes to mind, and both Matt and I are friends with Gordy Johnson. He lives in uh, Austin and has a bunch of bands down there. And, and this guy managed to, in the 90s, he blended. First guy to get a fucking Hugo Boss sponsorship. Wow. And smoke cigars and look cool on stage. First guy to probably make a living like playing blues and he merged Jamaican music with blues music in a way wow. that changed like changed uh, blues and whatnot for the rest of Canada hmm. eventually. So that's Holy one. Shit. And you yeah. got to meet him, you said? Yeah. Nice. Like many, many times. We're, we're both still meeting him. Wow. To, to this day. So. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Matt? That sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're still you were meeting you were just explaining that that is one of the guys that is in your circle you get to have you know yeah he's he's in the circle yeah yeah yeah. It, yeah 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 so there's exceptions yeah right <laughs> what were you saying man? Yeah, i mean that's the common ground you know like there we um i mean one of my huge influences still and always has been sort of led zeppelin it's one of the ones i just always come back to nice and there's like a quote from uh, John Paul Jones, and he's like, I've always maintained that, um, um, you know, these different members were brought these different styles into the band. Um, like he was into jazz and more progressive classical music. And mm -hmm. I think that's the, you know, the case with Sean and I, he's, you know, I think we attempted to sort of like, not school each other in terms of like you're gonna get schooled but like <laughs> yeah i learned a lot from sean in terms of like uh of soul music and like older r&b and stuff like that that i hadn't listened to mm. very much that he was really into and and definitely like dub and uh reggae um i was not well versed in at all so we sort of brought these different things to the table i mean i'm really into uh i do a lot of film music so i'm into classical music and orchestral stuff and things nice. like that so i sort of bring a whole other it's set of things to... yeah oh, yeah that's not just a background not not a green screen oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that would make a really sweet green screen though <laughs> you just use it for job interviews You're like, hey guys, you just caught me fresh off a of score yeah, and they're like, "This is just a Wendy's, sir. You don't need to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we don't care what you can play." Um, that's Mine, awesome, mine's just the backdrop, so I can get jobs at hardware stores. <laughs> You're like, you see these shelves? I put all those up myself <laughs> with these guns. Um, that's pretty great, man. So, do you guys like? Are you? Because how were you during the pandemic and stuff like that? Because I know now you're going back out a little bit more and you're getting to do some shit. But like, did you do a lot of stream? Did you get involved in the streaming stuff early on, in the beginning? <laughs> did you try to? I I was just like no streaming. I just Smart. like I just didn't want to have anything to do with it. I just I you know we're a very 
lively live band and I just I felt like it wouldn't fly and I didn't want to go down that road um you know I wanted to create a live scenario that we were proud of which like I'm gonna try and point to the album this you know plug for our album um and represent it properly which you know you don't know what it's gonna sound like and uh on the other end of someone's computer and you just you don't get the same vibe and to me I was like, it's a different beast. I didn't want to try it. I know Sean did to, you know, with mixed sort of opinions on I, it. I don't know, Sean. I, what I, do you... I did because I, I, I launched, I picked the pandemic to launch like my solo career, mm-hmm. which is highly recommendable <laughs> to anybody. And it's really great. It's fucking, it's a hot one for CD sales. So. Uh, but that my I had a record like a project called Satellite and the Harpoonist and still do that's why I'm in, in Brooklyn, um, right. and I ended up streaming for radio show radio stations in like one on Martha's Vineyard and wow. Woodstock and uh, the Hamptons and like I took all the, all the dick I could get radio. <laughs> so to so to speak um and it was and it was and everything in between but right but and so i did like you know streams and you didn't like sometimes i felt completely like everybody else mm-hmm. completely empty and you could you could actually really yeah. feel your soul siphoning out into the zeros and ones <laughs> if it doesn't go and you feel it come out when you're on like facebook if you ever streamed on facebook that's a good soul suck Yes, uh, absolutely. It is a real feeling. Especially uh, when you see that yeah. people watched, but they didn't interact at all. They were like, you're like, oh, that fucking, nobody gave a shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or they were like, like, they viewed it and then peaced out. Oh, God. I did stuff like radio stations, and all of them were great, and thank you very much for having me. I very much appreciate all the opportunities. But sometimes it would, you know, it would be like 10 people. Yeah, yeah, of and course. like, you know, in yeah. between songs, you, you're, you're like, you're kind of crying. You come yeah. back and you're like, hey, thanks for being here, Chuck. Yeah. Joanne, Karen, yeah. Karen, Karen. Yep. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a coin toss. Like, even when you did, like, when I did a few of the stand-up Zoom things, and I avoided them the same way you did, Matt. Like, in the beginning, I was like, I'm not fucking doing it. I'll do anything else. I'll write for a magazine. Like, I wrote, like, a couple different things and then, like, tried to do other shit and then started this eventually. But, like, you know, for the most part, I was doing a couple Zooms here and there. And, like, one, would, one went really well, and I was like, yeah, I don't know what everyone's bitching about. And then I literally had one where, like, half the people in the audience were, like, old as fuck. And they were just, like, sleeping <laughs> or, like, leaning back and unresponsive. And I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to stop my set. I think that guy died. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody wants to call him 911, but I've seen more than a couple flies over there. So, um, yeah. I had one guy during a um, – I did this benefit thing, and the, the guy who donated the most got to have his favorite comics – like got to pick who we wanted to come and do this Zoom thing. And I literally thought it was going to be just shooting the shit with a bunch of my other comedian friends or whatever. And then they were like, no, you, you have to do like 10 minutes. And I was like, fuck. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> but then I noticed the guy who even won, it was like him and his wife and they were on the couch and she was watching us and he was facing a complete opposite direction and watching like a sporting event. <laughs> Cause I was like, there's no reason to do a wave during a joke. So like, he was just like, you like you know like just flipping out in the background and i was like this is hilarious this is oh beautiful. god yeah that's a that's a distractor yeah you know. absolutely oh we just, do oh um hold the 
I did a bit, okay, catastrophic live stream. I did it with Theo, Matt. I played an yeah. empty theater, which a lot of people did. Mm. They didn't, this is before they started putting cardboard cutouts of people in theaters. Oh, yeah. So I played <laughs> an empty theater in my hometown, mm -hmm. and it was the, the worst vibe gig I'd ever, I think they told, we, they told us to use the drinking fountain before the show, like, no, no nothing, right? Wow. And he comes in, he goes, you have three minutes before you're live, go out on stage, we performed, Bam, 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 bam. Um, and then we, you know, it was an okay performance, I guess. Uh, no, it's terrible. Um, it's fucking horrible because you say stuff like I, Matt knows I've built my career um, as a professional amateur joke teller in between songs nice. just so that we can recoup our fucking energy, right? Right. So I can um, tune. Yeah, so uh, like Matt can tune, tune or, you know, breaks a string or he needs to fix you need his that. pedals. And you yeah. need that. Yeah. Um, and then we get it. We finish doing the doing the set, um, and then we walk off stage, and then the guy comes um, over to us, and he and the, the the theater manager goes, "We're still live. We're still we're still live." And I look at him. I go, "What? Goes, we're, we're still live. We're, your stream is still up." And I'm like, "We don't have any more songs. We're still live." So we go back on stage and we fucking played the last song again. Oh my god! And nothing. There's nothing that is more, that is lamer than that. That is fucking me. wild, man. That I know. Fucking, that is lame, man. Yeah. And that's that was not fun. No, not at know. all. And then I got a I got a reputation in my hometown for being a fucking dickhead ah. because I didn't enjoy it. So that was the last stream that I did. Well, the worst is when it's in a home when you're in your hometown. That's a fucking killer because it's like I got to see these people at the fucking deli and all that other shit. Oh god! And then you're at the pub, and someone's like, "Yeah, I heard. Poor, I heard about you." Yeah, you know. And, and you're like, uh, "Sorry, I didn't meet your expectations during a fucking pandemic that's wiped out my finances." Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't do a little soft shoe in between my fucking <laughs> set to no one. <laughs> but Matt was like right out of the gates, right out of the gates, the beginning of the pandemic. Matt's like, "Not a chance." Yeah, smart. Like, not a chance, which is like, you know... Yeah, what did you do to stay sane, though? This. Who, me? No, no uh, Matt. Matt. Like, what did you do to stay sane? Like, did you... Uh, it, it's, it was sort of an interesting thing for me, because I, you know, to be, like, really brutally honest here, we sort of needed a break. Oh, okay. <laughs> we still do! <laughs> we still do. Uh, um, and I was sort of shifting into doing more film composition stuff, and... Nice. Um, and, you know, there's a few months there where just, like, everything was shot down. No one knew what was going on. But then the film industry bounced back, you know, like, two years quicker than the, uh, than the live music industry yeah. had. So, and they were making up for lost time uh, right off the bat there. So it just, like, it, it uh, was just uh, pedal to the metal in terms of... Uh, and I'm not sure if I would say it kept me sane. It kept me, it kept me overly busy and yeah. overly stressed um, uh, whilst not being able to see any family or friends. Right. But um, I was working and yeah, that's grateful good. for that. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. When did you decide you wanted to do film stuff? Uh, when I heard the soundtrack for Batman when I was about 17 years old. Nice. Um, I just uh, Danny Elfman. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Elfman. 
fucking awesome. Um, that was the only acceptable Elfman. I'm so tired of Elfman. We don't have to spend the rest of the really? hour talking about him. I mean, yeah. Edward Scissorhands is is uh, pretty sweet. Man, and yeah. he's a quirky dude. He's um he's a really interesting guy. Get him on your show if you can. He is like yeah. really, really like a I'll give it a shot. awesome, funny yeah, guy. Yeah. Um, um uh, yeah, that I was just inspired by big orchestral arrangements, even in, you know, rock music. I was like really right. into just big stuff. Um, when I was that age and I sort of refined my taste a bit, but um but yeah, that's that's what got me into it, and just you know, doing student films and stuff like that for the past, well, not for the past twenty five years, but that's how I started doing right. student films. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys are yeah, like, you seem pretty gregarious, like outgoing. How are you with meeting like your idols or people that you admire, like some another band that you're open <laughs> for? Are you are you awkward? Are you cool with it? Um, I don't. I shy away, and I just sort of like. Um, I'm still mad at you for for fucking Taj Mahal. Oh, what I'm still mad, I'm mad at Matt for ten years ago. What I mean, it? I think one of the funniest ones is is uh, Daniel Lenoir, who's uh, you know just such an amazing inspiration for both of us musically speaking. <laughs> and we have a couple of Daniel Lenoir stories. We're <laughs> I don't know if you want to tell the second one. I don't. I don't know if I. I don't know if I just. Um, we were backstage at the the. <laughs> the Juno Awards and he had just performed this sort of wacky ambient thing that was that I thought was really awesome um, and you know I just sort of went up to him backstage and I was like pretty nervous and was like that was super cool and like how do you do that and what were you exactly like what you know like trying to get into the technical aspect with him and like he was like I said something like Oh, I was using these old Shure FET transformers and got into this technical thing that just went so over my head that I just like was just like okay, and then just walked away. <laughs> but that's nothing compared to Sean's story. But I don't know if he's going to. Uh, is this the Taj Mahal story? <laughs> no, well, Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal was like that's when I realized because Matt Taj Mahal was our first real festival. It's on a floating stage in a on a lake Holy in the shit. mountains in the Kootenays in southeastern British Columbia. Wow. A place called Caslo Fest or Caslo Jazz Fest and, and no cell phone, like fucking awesome town. Amazing wow. town. And we opened up for Taj Mahal for eight hundred bucks and they were like I was like, Ah, it doesn't quite seem like enough <laughs> and he goes and, and the guy goes the guy goes, Here's the deal. It's you're gonna take this gig because it's Taj Mahal. But I, right. I that's when I recognized that Matt was shy because I wanted to go up and meet Taj Mahal after the gig, and Matt was like, oh, well, I don't know, man." And so Taj, so I never, I never met Taj then. Oh. But um, sorry, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Still, not e not even like a month goes by where I'm, someone's like, "Have you met Taj Mahal?" And I'm like, "No." And let me tell you a long story. Um, Matt, you're gonna have but, to get Sean a cameo from Taj Mahal. Just buy, spend the five hundred dollars, get him yes. to send him one. Does he does he do that? Hey, this is Taj Mahal. I heard that you were kind of down on some luck, Sean. <laughs> um, but that was like you know, I don't know. You know what he said though? He we we went and we played the festival the next the following year, and the, we didn't know anything about Taj Mahal other than mm -hmm. he had a great show. And we went back there, and the promoter said Taj Mahal said two things to me last year. Remember this, Matt? When we were going to no, like to, to settle up our yeah. merch, um, yeah. he goes one thing: don't ever get a chain restaurant in this town. 
And two, make sure you hire those guys back that open up for me because oh, they're the real deal. Wow. That's fantastic. That was man. a long time ago. We should but, have that on our CD. That's amazing. Yeah. Taj Mahal says no chain restaurants <laughs> and we're the real deal. Give <laughs> me the title of this episode. Don't worry about it. I got it covered. Yeah. You gotta, yeah let's, let's, let's work that out. Uh, but yeah, Daniel Lenoir, good Lord. I don't even know where to start. I had a, um, <laughs> at the Juno Awards, which are the Canadian, the Canadian, well, the, the, the Canadian Juno Awards. <laughs> <laughs> like to say they're like the Grammys, but they're like the Junos. Yeah. Um, when we got off stage, we played for the non-televised. That's where they put all the bands, all our working bands do mm -hmm. the non-televised Junos oh, nice. award show. Probably the same with the Grammys. Right. And then all the, you know, all the ones that are working and touring and all the super pop stars do the next night. And yeah, we yeah. got off stage and as we were walking down the stairs, I heard him say to the guy that was leading our band, he went, that's a little tired, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Of the, the tune, of the tune that we did, and then that kind of stuck with me. I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> "Do you do you remember when he said that?" Like, he's like, "Yeah, That's... I mean, I think we need to verify that quote with him one day, because uh, yeah. you know, like, who, who knows? Who, who knows? knows? Why would you do that? And also, I would be the same way. Like, that would play in my head. Like, did that just really fuck? Oh happen? shit! And we what did, they... we did a Karina. We did a Karina, Karina, which Taj Mahal, which was yeah, yeah. like his his tune. Yeah. Wow. Um, that was like an idiot savant moment there. Um, uh, but yeah, and then I don't know. I went to Daniel Lenoir's birthday oh, by nice. accident. I went, I went to his, his, birthday. his birthday. I crashed his birthday. <laughs> yeah, I, there was no invitation for me. <laughs> and I hung out with him. And he had like, uh, I think he's a, an incredible guy, incredibly exotic and brilliant. And he's had, you know, his mark in, in music and art is just like, it's it's permanent yeah, yeah. Uh, whether you um, are yeah it's just an incredible respect for him but he I was thrown off by the fact that he had a dude that looked exactly like him in the 80s that was he he was like a 30 year younger Daniel Lenoir with a ponytail that sat and rolled wow. joints for him the whole night holy shit <laughs> yeah and That's I and, and that was specific and I yeah. sat there and I would like I'd, it no matter how much red stripe and whiskey I had I was like <laughs> I kept looking over. I'm like, this is really weird. And then at the, you know, I could go on forever about that. All I know is that he's a, yeah, he's a man of mystery. I'll leave it at that. That's incredible, man. That's a great story. And then you're like, now I'm like in my head, I'm like, is he rich enough to have himself cloned at that age specifically? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and you will just roll joints. <laughs> like, you will just it. roll joints. And I'm like, man, that's amazing. I want to get my young doppelganger, you know. I was whenever I think about shit like that, I'm like, would I just abuse the shit out of myself to the point where my I would want to kill me? Because I already don't. I'm not a big fan of me as it is anyway, right? And I'm only one person. And then I'm like, if there were two of me, I'd probably get on my nerves. Yeah, you might. You might. Yeah. But if you were rolling joints for you, you'd be. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a good way. Isn't to that get sort of like a having kids. Is that sort of like your kids yeah. to roll your joints when they're like in their twenties? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so. That's gonna be Leo, my youngest son. He's he's rolling him as we speak. Yeah. I guess so. Are you yeah. just here in the background, Daddy? I'm tired. You <laughs> this is actually a joint rolling factory. <laughs> <laughs> you turn it around. It's like one of those old Warner Brothers cartoons with the <laughs> <laughs> got like 19 children just doing all this shit. Uh, like holy crap, fuck. pressing uh, albums. <laughs> like, that, that could be that could that's be what's wild. happening 
So now you guys are you're doing your own you're you're both doing your own things individually right now. Yes. Yeah, and, and together. together, both. And yeah. oh, and together. How do you how do you manage that though? Like, what what's the schedule like? Like, oh, are you guys Jesus going back Christ. out we, on the road? We fucking don't. <laughs> <laughs> you got us on a hot day. How do we manage it? Fucking painfully. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're we're not doing. We're doing like this summer. We're doing like maybe five or six festivals. I think. Nice. And and we're kind of doing less these years than than in previous years. Okay. Um, just to make room to make things like probably more enjoyable gotcha. for, right we're not the t-shirt factory isn't printing like 24 7 like it once was right right so but that's cool you guys seem to have like a really healthy like relationship as far as like letting yourselves do stuff that you want to do creatively on your own and then also coming back together when you need to to like crush it as a you know as a group or i could be reading this completely wrong and you're like we are this <laughs> close to being the shit you should have uh, listened in on our conversation just before this. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty no, fucking I mean, brutal. We love each other and we're we're good friends, but it's like, you know, it's like anything. It, it uh, after eighteen years, there's bumps. There's, yeah, of there's course, yeah. Found to be a lot of bumps along the way and different expectations and um, you know, not to make this super serious, but that's no. it's just the fact of the matter, and you just got to do your best with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, and take yeah. it where you want, man. It's honesty. You know what I mean? Like, that's the, you know, people need to know that kind of shit, too, because it can't all just be like whatever you see on the cover of a record, you know, like, <laughs> like, yeah, and it's, that's and where it, I'm coming from. I'm on the outside. So I don't know. It's it's only uh, it's only casino gigs at this point. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. You know, no, I'm not. I'm no, I was not, gonna say. Now you're hitting stand-up territory where you're like, yeah, oh, that hit me. Yeah. Hot. Casino gigs. Hit, casino gigs. No, we, we, <laughs> no we, it's we, kids festivals. Yeah. Kids, <laughs> kids festivals kids from this festivals. point on. Yeah, you know that I was, was crazy. I always envy. Like part of me always envies, um, like a collaborator. Like cause, you know, when you're doing comedy, you're just basically alone. You know what I mean? Every now and then you'll go out on the road. Like I have somebody that I go out on the road with when I can, and we love touring together or whatever. But for the most part, you are this singular entity, and I'll see guys like you or or a band or whatever, and it's like, God, what is it like to have each other's back? At least when you're on stage, something goes wrong. It's it's literally you guys versus the audience anyway, and not and you're not by yourself. But then you know, there's there's always shit that you got to deal with too on that end that's rough we had uh you know what the, the the one show like in terms of i don't know if i had matt's back or or but this is a really funny experience and very humbling we were at a festival in fredericton i think it was called the heritage jazz fest oh, and we were yeah. <laughs> opening up for zydeco legend i'm buckwheat, buckwheat zydeco. Zydeco. yeah okay. he had the flu and he went on at a free park gig during the day before us mm -hmm. and he was fucking buckwheat zydeco Mm -hmm. so he's awesome. Zydeco yeah. legend. He was incredible. And then we went on afterwards, you know, not that there's no headline. It's a free park gig, so park gigs are really funny. Right. Free free civic gigs can be like, they keep you in check, right? Keep mm -hmm. that ego in check. And we went on, and within like 30 seconds of the first tune, all of the gear just died. The sound system died. Something went off in like one of Maddie's pedals or one of his cables, and it was just kick and snare. And it was two dudes that looked like these white Muppets just going. <laughs> and all you can hear is like, and we're looking at each other. And we're like, oh, oh my <laughs> God. But, you know, that's and we had yeah. Yeah, you, you got each other's backs. Then. Yeah, I yeah. Ran, yeah. I ran yeah. to Buckwheat Zydeco's band. You remember? Oh, yeah. And, they uh, they helped us out. Was yeah. One for so the books. That, that was one for the books. Thank you, Curtis. 
Yeah. Thank the other good us. one is when uh, you got a phone call in between sets that you were going to be having a child. Wow. <laughs> what was that, that was... like? <laughs> well, wait a minute. You didn't get my back. You didn't help me unhave that child. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the phone with the doctor. You fucking put that back in until we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids yeah, that, aren't gonna watch this later. It's fine. They, well, they might. They're always on. My kid's streaming right now. He's, he doesn't oh. want to interrupt his Twitch schedule. So. Yeah. Oh shit! All right. Yeah, he's a serious gamer. While but, he's rolling uh, joints. Yeah, while he's rolling <laughs> joints. Uh, yeah, that was that was one for the records. That when the bartender called him between the second and the third set, and he shouts across the bar, "You know you're in trouble when someone calls the bar." Yeah. And, the, and it was a full, full packed bar in Banff, Alberta. And we were like rolling, like no tomorrow, and, and and that phone call, I mean, it changed the rest of my life. I've got a family now, and nice man. But I I ended up in the, we ended up playing the best set. Matt would looked at me then, and and he went, I was just like, I did not know what to how to, because I just met this woman, okay, right, and I was just out of a you know, a previous relationship that I wasn't fully out of, so it was a very very interesting junction. Interesting as a pathetic word it was a very uh, challenging mm. part of my life and um and matt goes whatever happens man do not take your eyes off of me like do not take your eyes <laughs> off of me do not and so for the rest of the you know for the rest of the night we played probably one of the most intense like, yeah. sets of our entire wow lives i think we group, realized you know, new heights in that very set i think we just realized just how much we could actually exert Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And flash forward about ten hours, uh, you know, obviously we went out drinking. Um, <laughs> I woke up to. <laughs> I woke up to Sean in in the bathtub, fully clothed, eating a cheeseburger and crying. <laughs> Is this one of my favorite images ever? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true friendship when you can see that and you're like, that's dying with me, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's okay. As long as this doesn't get out to the public, then we're right. good. Oh, we've yeah, told no, this, this story so many times. This isn't live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that, that's, it, that was, yeah, you don't have to have, you know, the good, the good thing is I never got a second call about my second child <laughs> In, in a gig, you only need like one of those, eh? Yeah, only one of those. At that point, you, every every gig you go to after that, if you're close to having a kid, you're just ripping the phone out of the wall behind the bar. Is there a harpoonist? Yeah. You like? <laughs> you're like you're like goddamn it! What does this keep happening? To Let's go to Connecticut. This can't happen in Connecticut. That's fucking great. They're like, this is just what he does. It's his thing. It's fine. Let him go. Let him run. Run with it. Oh my oh, God! Um, well, listen, I don't want to keep you guys any longer, but I got to ask you both individually the three questions that I ask every guest on the show. So, whatever one of you wants to go first with each individual question, go for it. First question is: If you can go back in time and talk to your younger self, what piece of advice would you give yourself that would help you today? Oh, you want me to? Um... One of you, either one of you, first. Learn how to answer questions more quickly. Off 
That's, That's great. my answer, and I'm sticking to it. Perfect. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, don't ever... Yeah, I would have left my career in television a lot earlier. Mm, okay. I would have gone. I would have gone back. I got into TV really, really quickly because my high school band folded, and I would have definitely. I would have gotten out of TV. But you just listen, to everyone. If I could go back, I would have not listened to what Ed, all of my friends and family in Toronto wanted me to do, was to not move out west. And and had I not moved out west, we wouldn't have this band. Wow. You know all that Good kind point. of stuff so yeah don't listen to you know don't listen to tv people yeah no which is <laughs> that is solid advice for everyone yes everyone career-wise or not yeah um, no shit. No shit. and uh second question is what had to end in your life good or bad that led you to where you are today My TV job. Nice, yeah. <laughs> well, to say, I got fired. I got they okay. delivered. A, they knocked on my door and they delivered a letter. And uh, it's really hard to get fired from a union job, but I can. I'll share the information with you afterwards, John. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that was a bad thing at the time, but turned out to be a good thing? I was incredible. I, I didn't have a phone connected. I didn't have. I couldn't <laughs> pay my electrical bills. I couldn't pay anything. It was a very, wow. very good thing. Wow. All right. Not not for the the strife, but like. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's it, the, the grease hit the, whatever that expression is. The grease hit the yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Matt? Yeah, I don't know. I guess me. Uh, this is a hard one, but I just like um, ego somewhat for me. Like I remember when I I didn't get into music school and I was just absolutely crushed, wow. and um, it took a lot for me to uh, you know get out of that and to still be cool with music being my career even though it sort of or like had been my plan had been totally cut off right yeah that sounds like it's like i don't know was it no that's great no that's a great answer man and how do you know like how long it took you to kind of realize that uh, about a year wow that's um, good though i i, I um yeah, you know, like it was, I wanted film composition to be my thing, and I applied for a school to learn how to orchestrate, and I was like, I can do this, I know how to do this, and, you know, I just had this confidence, and then I didn't get into the school, and I was like really, really crushed, and um, one, you know, I asked a whole bunch of teachers, I was like, what, what was, like, why didn't I get in, and this teacher was like, I, um, I would encourage you to uh, keep up your training and to apply again next year. Wow. And so that's what I did. So eventually, you know, it, but I think it just uh, instilled the, you know, musical humility, which is something that I think is very uh, important. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, that's a, good piece of advice though for anybody too like musical humility but just humility in anything especially in what we do too because if you don't have an ego you don't do what we're doing at all period but yeah. <laughs> keeping it in check is like a con it's it's, it's an way more necessary than people find i'm not saying it. i have no ego now i definitely you know right. there's still some of it sticking around in the back there but it's you know it's it's uh, it it was a growing thing yeah absolutely man yeah 
Um, awesome. And then, so the last question is just goofy as shit because it ties in with the show. Uh, if this was a genuine dystopia, which it kind of what we're living in now sometimes kind of is, which is why I named it this. But uh, if there was like aliens or zombies or uh, a comet headed toward the Earth or climate change, whatever it would be in your mind, but it's everybody's last day on Earth. How are you going to go out? What would be your epic death? Remember that scene in Monty Python where they're uh, where they're getting chased by uh, topless women? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Epic that. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I love that. <laughs> oh, how, oh boy! I can't answer how I really wanted to answer. Oh, do it. <laughs> Say whatever you want. Uh, I'd go back to Lethbridge on a Sunday night. <laughs> Get a bunch of cheap bottles of wine. Yeah. And get taken to town by a bunch of big girls. <laughs> <laughs> or frisbee golf. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Holy shit. Oh, best two answers we've had so far. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think frisbee golf to cleanse the cleanse the palate. I'm thinking of a combination of everything. I'm just oh, mad, chased around by some undead topless girls because we're going with zombies for you. Oh and yeah, then, <laughs> zombie topless. And you're just getting fucking dominated while you're playing frisbee. That's great. <laughs> Can't beat that. It was it was a fucking blast uh, talking to you guys. Thanks, you know, for coming on the show and taking the time out to do it. I appreciate it. Thank Absolutely. you. Man. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, no yeah. problem, man. And I hope I get to see you guys live. I don't know if you're coming out to the... Uh, I know you're already on the East Coast, but if you're both coming out or whatever to do some shit, that'd be fun. I'm working on my busking chops with my good friend Bradford here, and I'm going to be... I'll be trying to busk in your town soon. So. Nice, man. Busking's that's, fucking great. That's awesome, yeah. man. All right. That's, that'll keep me humble. Absolutely. All right, I'll see you guys backstage in a minute. Take care. Okay. Cheers. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Dystopia tonight.